You're listening to the Slumber Party Podcast with your host, Amanda Jusen, a mum of two girls, a child and infant sleep expert, and general sleep lover. If you're a tired parent who is desperate for answers or just someone who loves sleep, this podcast was created just for you. Each episode is packed full of tips and tricks to help you maintain your sanity as well as your social life during the early stages of parenthood. So grab your headphones, it's time to get comfy. Hello, everybody. I'm Amanda Jusen, host of the Slumber Party podcast, sleep expert, and nap enthusiast. Today, uh, we are speaking with Ashley about the dreaded, 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 dreaded early mornings. And uh, I'm, I'm so excited to do this. The first early morning episode I had uh, talked about a lot of the variables, and it was just me kind of talking at you, which is quite boring. Um, or it might just be boring for me. It may not be boring for you. I know that there are lots of people who have a podcast where it's just one person talking, and they're like really smart and good at it. I just don't feel like that's me. I need someone to talk to. So God bless Ashley for coming on this podcast today and giving you a little meat and potatoes to go along with this. Thank you so much, Ashley. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited and hopefully you'll be able to solve all my problems. Yes, that, that is my goal as well. Okay, so first things first, I want you to just jump in and I want you to tell me all about what you're experiencing, um, any sort of issues, anything that you need to know. I will, uh, at the end of your little spiel, I'll, I'll pop in and then um, ask you anything that aren't uh, jumping out at me right away. You'll also see me taking notes as well. Sounds good. So pretty much um, my daughter Ellie is a little bit over seven months and I will say that from the get-go I really really did all my research and I really tried my best to really instill like really great sleeping habits. I'm very type A. That being said she is a baby <laughs> and um, although very cooperative and and I would I will say a good sleeper um, we did recently transition from three to two naps about a month or so ago. And at first it was tough, but we've kind of evened out and she's doing fairly well. Um, the main, main, main problem that we're having are early morning wakes, which are killing me because I've tried everything and I just, I can't get her to um, kick that habit. Um, I will say that she wakes up. I wake up before her now, which is like driving me crazy because I, I'm up so early and <laughs> checking the baby monitor to just see if she's awake and when she wakes up and so on. And then um, sometimes she does doze back off. Sometimes I do. So I really don't know like exactly everything that happens A to B every single day. Um, but she is waking up early, which is kind of confusing me with like the, the wake windows during the day and then um, some wakes during nap times and stuff like that. So um, I'm just hoping for a bit more consistency and I hate to have her up that early because I feel like she needs that sleep and it's not great to be up that early as well so yeah that's pretty much what I'm dealing with right now <laughs> yeah okay first things first let's define an early wake for you what time is she waking it could, her first wake when I kind of hear her and she, the the other problem that I do have is like she's not always super vocal when she wakes up so sometimes like I'm checking the monitor I'm like oh my gosh she's awake already and I she hasn't like made any noise you know 
Um, but I'll say anywhere from five, this morning actually was like 444 when I looked at my, uh, my phone, but really normally anywhere from five to 530. And like I mentioned, she does like most of the time, um, doze back off on and on, like on and off. But, um, that'll normally be like the first time that she is kind of awake and moving around. And I'm just watching her kind of go through all the things. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Okay, this is good to know. Talk to me a little bit about how she's falling asleep. So uh, how does she fall asleep for naps and nighttime? Completely independently. Um, She's like rolling from belly to back and back to belly. um, And now crawling is on the horizon. So she will kind of like go onto her belly, get on all fours and kind of like do like a, <laughs> like a little dancing <laughs> movement quite a bit. Um, the second I put her down to go to sleep for the night or for the nap, she immediate flops to her stomach and she'll kind of do her own thing, but there's no, like she gets, she goes to sleep completely independently, normally anywhere from like okay. two to five minutes maybe to fall asleep. Okay. Okay. And that's, that's good to know. And the reason why I ask that is sometimes when babies aren't going to sleep. So I have an early morning masterclass, plug, plug, plug. It's $29. It's on my website, uh, babiesofasleep.com slash masterclasses. I also have a uh, nap masterclass as well. But um, the reason why I ask, and uh, I'm going to tell you to not buy that course in a second, is if your child is not sleeping independently, we need to rule that out as a variable first, okay? So that means, um, I say this all the time, and, and people are like, no, I know you say that, but like, like it's different because it's my baby. <laughs> but um, a lot of people will tell me, Amanda, my baby sleeps independently on their own. I feed them immediately before they fall asleep and their eyes are kind of closing and opening. Um, but, you know, I, I, they're on their own. And so it, it doesn't sound like that's the case for you. But oh, if yeah. you have to get your baby to a point of like calm uh, for anyone listening, if you're doing something that gets them to the point where they can sleep, it's probably something you'll want to remove. It also could be something that they're waking for in the morning. So we need to do a really good deep dive into naps and nighttime to make sure that there is nothing helping that baby to sleep or getting drowsy that they would prefer to happen. Okay, great. So my next question is, uh, when she's up really early, is there any like rewards? So are we getting her out and like bringing her back to your bed for early morning cuddles or anything? Nope. Okay, great. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I ask, and you're like, Amanda, no, that's not my issue. But like <laughs> 10 other people listening are like, oh, that is what I'm doing. Shit. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, it, the early morning cuddles, and and I'm coming to this no, from no place of judgment or saying it's wrong. If you want to bring your baby into your bed, that's totally fine. You just need to know that um, there's a good chance that they may be waking for that. So if you don't want it, we're probably going to have to start off any rewards. If you have um, uh, toddlers, like I've heard a lot of things like, oh, they they get up, we just give them a bottle in our bed, or they get up and we give them an iPad. These are big, big, big rewards for toddlers and preschoolers. So we're going to want to make sure that that is totally um, not happening as well. Okay. This is good. So um, talk to me about, I'm just going to double check. It doesn't sound like your baby is eating overnight or in the middle of the night. No, she's not. No. For okay. a little bit over two months now, she's 
completely sleeps through the night. Okay, great. Um, and how much does she weigh? She weighs 19 pounds. Great. How are daytime calories? How is feeding in solids? She's, she's a, she's a pretty good eater. Um, her, she has about, she has four daytime bottles that are seven or eight ounces and she'll normally drink the majority of it, but when she leaves it, she leaves it. Um, she did start on solids. She has, um, mostly puree, but I'm thickening it up slowly, but surely, um, food that's a bit more solid. She has trouble with consistency and stuff. So we're working on it, but, um, overall she's, uh, she's good on that end. I think so anyways. Good. That sounds like good. One of the things that you may want to think about or consider is like that last meal of the day fortifying the solids. Um, Obviously, a big disclaimer for everybody, you know your child's allergies. We never want to be introducing brand new foods immediately before bed just to monitor for allergies. Foods that they've never had should be monitored and uh, offered during the daytime hours. But one of the things that you might want to try is fortifying those solids. Um, So things like coconut oil, olive oil, a little bit of that, just to fatten up that last meal. Um, Offering protein sources, fatty sources, eggs, avocado. Again, watch your allergies. Don't everyone go and feed your baby an egg when you've never fed your baby an egg. Please don't do that. Um, But you, you might want to try it during the day. And then if things are going well, you can offer that before night. Okay. So this seems good. So now I want to look at sleep totals because sometimes there are situations where babies are sleeping too little or they're sleeping too much during the day. Um, And this feels weird because, oh my God, I'm competing with these blogs right now of people being like, I I have a client and she's so lovely and we're finishing and our baby is like smashing life. And she's like, I just have to tell you, I read a blog and they're saying my, my six-month-old needs to be sleeping four to five hours a day. And I was like, holy crap. I am like never in my four years have I seen that. Most babies, and uh, you know, if you're listening to this, head over to my Instagram and look up, uh, look my, uh, up my sleep chart, my um, nap adequacy video. It's under one of my IGTVs, I'm pretty sure. And I talk about adequate sleep uh, pressure. I talk about the length of naps. If you want to imagine, like this isn't exactly true, but like just for the purposes of what we're discussing, I want you to imagine that every baby has like a little uh, amount of of uh, sleep in them, okay? And it's it's full of their sleep. So every time they sleep, they take a little bit out of that sleep pot, okay? Like if we think of like the pot of gold, I don't know, this is what's in my head, don't judge me. Okay, but we have our pot of gold and every time a baby sleeps, they take out a little bit of that pot of gold. Now let's say they have 14 coins or 14 hours in them uh, and we use two of those coins during the day or we use five of those coins, that means there's only going to be nine coins left overnight, right? So then we have to balance it out in some way and shift that. Um, That being said, if baby is not sleeping enough, they could be really overtired. And that creates lots of early morning wakes as well. And I see this mostly with babies transitioning to daycare who are uh, moved to one nap before they're ready. They're overtired. They're not ready to do that. Um, And then five or six o'clock in the morning, they're just awake. Why are they awake? Well, let's talk the biology. The 
uh, melatonin will rise in your body from dusk until about two or three o'clock in the morning. And then melatonin's like, meh, we're done. You've slept. Um, we have enough melatonin in you. And then we have cortisol and adrenaline that rise around four or five in the morning that say, okay, look, it's time for us to be up and at them, right? And, and these are our hormones. Um, you know, cortisol has a really bad uh, uh, rep, but cortisol literally keeps us upright and moving during the day. So this comes, and so anything that's happening in those early morning times are going to be more pronounced than at any other part of the night. Any waking after 3 a.m. sucks. It's the same reason why you are probably getting up at the same times and probably not going back to bed because your cortisol is like, ooh, we're getting ready to wake up. Let's do this. So it's it's a it's a perfect storm. It's a hormonal soup that doesn't really work for us. So going back to that idea of overtiredness, if your baby's kind of overtired, they're gonna be more wired. And if they're kind of awake and having a nap wake anyway, it's going to be harder for them to get down at that time. Okay. So talk to me about total daytime sleep. So how many hours total daytime? How many hours total nighttime? Okay. So daytime, her first nap of the day is pretty consistently an hour and a half. Okay. And her second nap of the day will go anywhere between an hour 15 to an hour and a half, but that's kind of, an hour and a half is kind of on the rare side. And lately I'd say in the past week, she's been waking maybe like an hour, 50 minutes to an hour into her second nap. Okay. Um, and what time is bedtime right now? Right now? Well, as I'm going on off wake windows, so it'll fall mm -hmm. pretty much anywhere between 615 to 640 ish. Okay. And then, okay. And then she's up at five. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So right off the top, I see uh, a really common thing that people do. And I did this as well, by the way, um, before I was a sleep consultant. So what is happening is people get really attached to the wake windows, which I totally understand. So it seems to me that probably we're working on like a three hour wake window, three and a half hours. Is that about mm -hmm. right? Yeah. The first okay. one is a little bit under three only because like, I know she's up. Yes. Prior. Yes. And then I'm doing yeah. like three, three and a quarter to a half um, as a last one. Yeah. So then what's going to happen with that is we're kind of always, um, so if, if she's going to bed at, let's say 615 by five, 540, that's 11 hours, right? She's like, whoa, right eyed, yeah. bushy tail. Let's do this. Yeah. Personally, I mean, we're speaking, um, uh, like four days before daylight savings. Yeah, that's I stressing me out too. <laughs> No, no, no. I think this is good for you. This is good okay. for you because I think that you should push up bedtime, but maybe you don't do anything for four days and 6.15 becomes 7.15, 5 a.m. becomes 6 a.m., which is a lot more palatable because we spring forward, right? So this is a like you are the only person on the planet who will, well, not the only, but, you know, hopefully we'll get this out in, in a little bit of time, but you really don't have to make a huge transition, which is awesome. So okay. I would keep things the way they are in your case. 
If you are listening to this and it's not daylight savings, which is more uh, uh, likely than not, what happens is we get to a point where baby is falling asleep uh, or sorry, getting up early. And then we panic and we're like, I don't want them to be overtired. I'm going to shorten that wake window. The whole day is pulled earlier then, right? Your first nap is probably in the eights. She's done at nine. Then we might have a nap maybe around one, two, if we're lucky. Then we get that, that, that ends it at three, then nap. Oh my God, wake windows. That is going to be at six because wake windows, right? So our whole day is like vacuum forward. And so what I would say is a baby who's getting 11 hours of sleep, we are really like most kids are getting between 10 to 12 hours of sleep 12 hours of sleep i've said this on this podcast before is a unicorn it is a unicorn and uh, like it's so rare most kids are getting about 11 um with a, a good chunk in in the tens as well because daytime sleep is great so if we're getting 11 hours or close to it then it's going to be really hard for me to pull that out for you with the exception of, um, uh, of pushing a bedtime, which is going to happen really naturally with you. You don't have to really mess with her body clock. Um, you know, the first day you do, it might be challenging. Um, and for anyone listening, I would uh, listening, I would try to push out by 15 minutes every three days. And instead of following a wake window based on that, that first waking, because this might happen after too, right? You want to, what I tell my clients is, always assume the baby was waking at six. Okay. And if we assume that wake window from six, we can calculate that wake window from there. Oh, there's baby now. She, oh, she's awake from her nap. It's yeah. okay, daddy. Daddy's got it. <laughs> I totally. I, I, I trust you. Do you know the most annoying thing in my whole fucking life is when I went back to work at four months, everyone asked me who was watching my baby. And I was like, oh, uh, like by the end of the year, I would say like, what baby? I don't know. Are you watching? Like, it's so insulting. I 100% assumed, Ashley, that there was a responsible you adult just making her own bottle? <laughs> Oh my God, nothing triggers me more than that. I, honestly, it's like, oh, who's watching the kids? Like I did a business trip and I was on the plane. I did, well, this was like pre-COVID and someone asked me on the plane, oh, it's so nice that your husband lets you do that. I'm like, oh my God, no one says it to my husband. I know it's wild. Okay, off track. That's okay. So I told you we'd get to a point where I said something about my husband. And it just, <laughs> there you go. Okay. So then um, what you can also do instead of wake windows is move towards what's called a forced or a fixed schedule where we say nap at 9.30, nap at 1.30, bed at 7. Okay. And I think in order to push that morning a little bit, we need to get a seven o'clock bedtime in there. And it can take a while. It can take a while to push to that point um, because baby is so used to getting up at a certain time. And this is actually why I wanted to have you on because I really, really, really want to talk about body clocks. And, and I'm going to try to space out this episode so it comes out really close to daylight savings. So everyone is like, in it and listening to it. And they're like, I get it. Here I am. But our body clocks are only programmable generally within an hour. And if you think about daylight savings, it takes us like a month 
to feel normal with the new time. Um, spring forward is a time where we have to go to bed earlier because 9 p.m. is the new, or our 9 p.m. now is 10 p.m. next week. Right. Okay, so then if we go to bed at 10, our bodies are like, uh, girl, it's nine. We don't do that. So it's really hard. Um, the same goes for these early morning wakings. And and I wrote this down in my notes here. You said it. I'm waking up before her um, because now your body clock is set, right? So now she's like, I get up. This is what I do. Um, I would, I would be very uh, cognizant of the body clock because I feel like Parents think it's a really fixable problem. And for some of you listening, I do feel like we don't have to do anything for you. Let's wait for this time change. It will shift. And I also think like, even if it wasn't time change, pushing your bedtime at an hour, I think would would fix it because she's mm-hmm. getting enough sleep. Everything in your day looks good. Calories look good. Tick, tick, tick. Okay, you're done. But for the average person, they're, they're going to do all of this. You're going to take my, my early morning masterclass and nothing's going to shift for you. And it's not because you're doing anything wrong. It's because baby has a body clock. And there are people like, it's funny, all of my early rising clients are early risers themselves. It's genetic. And so are you an early riser, by the way? Normally, I mean, like, not like 5 a.m., but like, you know. <laughs> you, you're, a, you're a morning person. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Well, and what I find with my early morning, morning clients is they're like, look, I get it. But that's usually me time. I want that time for myself to be awake. I want my kid to sleep. Um, so a lot of this is the body clock. We have an internal... Um, Uh, what's the right word thing in our brain. Um, And it basically drives a lot of our, our rhythms. You're going to have morning people, you're going to have night owls, and that's not going to be anything that you can really change. I am a night owl and I've tried my whole life to be a morning person. Um, And I, uh, I, where is it? The Why We Sleep book by Matthew Walker. He talks, uh, I, I reference that book a lot um, because I've looked up this a lot and it's written in very, very like challenging language. Um, but Matthew Walker basically says like, there are these two people who put themselves into a cave, okay? And no matter what, their body knew, even if they didn't have light exposure, their body knew when to wake up. And we actually have like a a longer body clock than 24 hours, like maybe just slightly longer than 24 hours, but your body has a rhythm that's just innate. So uh, some of this can be solvable, some of it can't. A few quick tips if you're not already doing this. Light exposure is a bitch and we're listening. I hope that you're listening to this in the spring. You need to make sure that you have uh, like two layers of garbage bags if you don't want your children to be responding to the sun because like having that natural wake time, we are also creatures of the sun. We are, we are earthlings, okay? And so when the sun comes up, we're like, okay, I'm ready to go no matter what, right? Like I always think about as well, um, 
my husband and I, well, my whole family, not just my husband and I, my whole family moved out of the city this summer. And uh, my in-laws had my kids and uh, it was just like my husband and I, it was so wild. We had no uh, window coverings at all. <laughs> it was mid-August. The sun was up at like five o'clock in the morning and we were like, oh my God, we could not get back to sleep. We're grown people who want to sleep. We couldn't. And imagine being a little baby that's like, woo, the sun is coming up. I don't have any social context about why I shouldn't be awake. So make sure your room is super dark. I have the hand rule. If you can see your hand, it's too bright. If you can go into your child's room right now and see your hand, it's too bright. Get a couple layers of garbage bags. Obviously, if it's safe to do so, if your toddler can grab them or your preschooler, it's not safe to have giant bags in their room. Don't put those up there. Um, but if you have a baby, that can work quite well. Um, we talked about body clock. Body clocks are hard to change. It'll take about a month. So those of you who are listening who are like, oh, damn, I'm not as lucky as Ashley. And I'm not going to just be able to like slide into this beautiful time change. It'll be harder for you than her. Um, know that it takes anywhere between three or four weeks. And remember the time change feeling. Remember how hard it is to go to bed earlier. Uh, and you're going to wake up probably at the same times, right? So give, give your child grace, give them about three to four weeks before you're seeing those big, big changes. Okay. Sounds good for sure. Awesome. Was that helpful? No, that was super, super helpful. And like everything else on paper, like you said, looks good. Like her daytime sleep, like, and even like in the upcoming, like couple of months, like, are, do I need to make any big changes to kind of, um, avoid like the early mornings creeping back up? Uh, I think that the only instance where the early mornings would creep up is light exposure, which is really common. So between the months of April and May, my biggest question will be early mornings, which is why I'm trying to get this podcast out now. Um, I think that uh, light exposure is crucial, but if she is a little bit of an early riser, oh, I know what I wanted to talk to you about. I would get rid of that monitor in your room as well. <laughs> <laughs> would you be able to hear her if you had your door open and if she started crying yeah yeah for sure okay I think too like what I was hearing too like you're wait you're waking you're seeing her she's doing like really normal early morning stuff because of that that um cortisol hike and the melatonin dip you're seeing like if I put a camera on you at four o'clock in the morning you're doing the same thing you're on your phone right so it's 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 providing more stress like she might be in and out of sleep and dozing in and out of sleep and reducing sleep pressure and so she might out. actually it's stressing you out yeah. i'm not saying so like disclaimer again i'm not saying everyone don't have the baby monitor i'm not saying don't check on your baby i'm saying if you think that you would hear them and it's safe to do so or maybe we even put the monitor on the other side of the room um you know, face down. So you have to get up to get it and you really have to work to hear it. Um, that's good because monitors also amplify every sound, every snort, breath, cough. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I don't love them for that reason. I think that they cause a lot of anxiety accidentally. Um, so that get rid of that of monitor. Yeah. And, and the other thing for you too, you're setting your body clock. Every time you get up and you look at your phone, your phone is like a replicate sun, which is why we want to avoid it before bed. Cause it's like 
oh, we don't have to produce any melatonin. It's sunlight out. So when you right. get up at four and you're like, ding, your body's like, ooh, that's when the sun comes up. Let's get ready for that tomorrow. Um, it'll take a little while for you to wean yourself from the addiction, but I think it'll really help everyone um, with that with that early morning as well. Okay. That's some good advice that I will Yay. definitely take. <laughs> I'm telling you, I slept with like a monitor for a while and it like, are, are you in Toronto? Montreal. Okay. So maybe it's a little bit different in Montreal, but like Toronto, like it's every, like small houses. It's like, I could hear my baby like cough without the monitor. I don't need the monitor making it sound like cough, cough, cough. It's just like everything's so much worse. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> All right. Well, Ashley, it was a pleasure. Thank you so much. And guys, if you do want to get on a call with a member of our team, um, chances are, I got to be honest with you, we're probably not going to take you on just for early morning wakes. As you see, there's so many variables. It's why we created the early morning masterclass. It's a cheap and cheerful way for you to get the results that you want. Um, however, if your baby isn't sleeping independently yet, and there's a whole bunch of stuff going on, you can head over to babiesbestsleep.com, book a call with myself or any member of our team We'd love to help you. Um, if you're on a budget, have, head over to this podcast. You're here, thank God. Uh, Instagram or the blog um, where we really lay everything out there as well for you. Thank you so much, everybody, and have a wonderful day. Bye. Bye.